Now, as part of our first interview on the, this morning's programme, I'm here in St. Joseph's Secondary School in Tulla, where I'm joined by secondary school teacher and former left-wing-back senior Galway Hurler, the one and only Aidan Hart. Aidan, you're very welcome to the programme. Great to talk to you, Dara. Thank you very much now for, for joining me here in St. Joseph's. Now, obviously, you're, you're, you're a, a secondary school teacher here in Tulla, but before we get to your, your teaching career, I just want to talk to, about, talk to you about... Um, Life growing up on the main street in Gort, uh, you Hearts Pub, as everyone well knows, it was where you were born and raised. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, born above the pub in uh, 1988. Um, growing up, I suppose I'd be known locally as a, a, a small bit of a townie, even though it wouldn't be a massive urban area now or anything. But um, yeah, times have definitely changed. We would have spent most of our time now from, especially on Saturdays and Sundays, from 10 in the morning till maybe 10 at night out in the park playing soccer, uh, football, hurling, whatever it might be. Um, not something you see as much now, definitely not. I don't think kids have the, the same kind of freedom as what we had at that time. So they always knew we'd come home um, when we were hungry anyway, and they were happy enough with that. And, and ju- I'm just just in relation to the pub, um, your, your parents obviously worked in the pub, but did you ever, as a young fella, ever help out in the pub? Yeah, I suppose when I was when I was younger, maybe before I started playing with Galway, I probably would have um, a little bit when things got kind of serious um, and the senior side of it, maybe into under 21s, kind of something I tried mm-hmm. to avoid, to be honest, especially during the daytime hours. Um, yes, you're kind of yes. stuck behind the counter there and yes. no matter who comes in, you kind of have to take their, their opinion on board and that's something you try and keep out of your head, to be honest, when you're when you're involved in it that seriously. But um, definitely the busier nights now probably suit me a bit more where it's just flat to the mat maybe for five or six hours. So I suppose moving on then to your your hurling career, um, you started at a very young age playing in uh, with the juvenile and underage guard team. Um, could you talk to me about that? Had you always an interest in hurling before you even started? Uh, yeah, I suppose I... Was was it a choice thing? Maybe not, <laughs> but it's great to be at something, isn't it? My mother's from uh, from Pittsburgh, so it definitely the interest didn't come from that side. Of course, my father Josie would be originally from Kilbakenty, a small parish just out the road from Gort. He would have transferred um, into the Gort senior hurling team then in the eighties when he came back from a few years after coming back from America, and uh, he won two county championships with Gort in eighty one and eighty three. Um, and it was, I suppose, it was really from there it, it uh, came for me. And look at when we when we started out in, in primary school and stuff like that. There was no pressure coming from any side really. It was kind of if you enjoyed it, you did it. Um, but after that, sure, look at we all got the bug and it, it went from there. And we had a great group of lads. And I suppose it was kind of unique really. We had seven or eight guys around the same age as me that had all won their fathers had all won county championships in those eighties teams. So. I suppose the breeding was good. So you started off playing with uh, Gort um, in advance of the 2005 Galway Championship. Can you talk to me about that? And the the was was Gort. What was Gort team like at the time? Yeah, I suppose. Look, at we'd always been we're a really traditional club at home, and even though we wouldn't have amassed a whole pile of county championships since the origination of the of the GEA, we were always known as a, a hard team to beat in championship. Mm-hmm. Um, South Galwishire is just, it's full of hurling. There's little or yes, no Gaelic football yes, in the yes. particular area, much like East Clare here. Um, so coming into that team, I suppose it was my first year minor in 2005 with Galway. 
Um, didn't play a whole pile in 2005, probably more so 2006 was my breakthrough season. But um, yeah, we had some really good guys at the time. Ali Fahey, of course, would have would have had a, a really good career with Galway. There would have been the likes of Andy Cohn and Sean Ford and uh, Peter Cummins, and they would have showed me the ropes and uh, made sure I, I stayed in my place for, for a, a few years anyway. And and uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Um in 2008, you played in your first senior final against Portumna. Can you talk to me about that whole experience? Yeah, kind of a funny one. I think um, in the summer of 2008, because I went to college in UCC in 2007, 2008, I was allowed to play in the Cork County Championship. So I played a round of last 16 game with them during the summer and I went down to play a quarter final and broke my collarbone the same day so (laughs) about five weeks later i would have missed then two games with gort we were in the county semi-final against lockray in 2008 and i suppose five weeks after breaking the collarbone i played in the game probably shouldn't have i was probably staying out of the way more than anything but i was out there uh we played protumla in 2008 and look at we got a nice i suppose we got a nice trimming on the same day but there's no doubt protumla were at the height of their powers that time um, but it was a great learning experience and an awful lot of us would have played again in the county final then in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, so you played then uh, with the minor team um, and you, you, you were referred to as scoreless. Um, I ju- I, when, I came, when I was re- researching you there last night, um, you, were, you scored a 1-2 from the right, the right wing forward um, in the 4-7 to 1-14 defeat of Antrim in 2006. Fair play to you. Talk to you about that. Yeah, that was 2006. So I suppose looking back on that, now the guys that would have made the breakthrough to senior, those myself, David Burke, Joe Canning and James Skell, mm-hmm. and an awful lot wouldn't have um, from that particular panel. Yeah, we beat Antrim in the first game, got over Cork on a wet day in Crow Park in the semi-final. And then, yeah, we succumbed to a, a fair scoreline now um, against Tipperary in the final. The likes of Parik Maher, Brendan Maher, Noel McGrath, the list goes on, really. Mm-hmm. All of those guys that would have went on to win two and three All-Ireland seniors with Tipperary and, uh, funnily enough, managed by Liam Sheedy as well on that particular day. But, yeah, um, they kind of blew us out of the water, really, to be honest. And um, I think Joe was going for three in a row. He was trying to emulate Jimmy Doyle, I think, that day. And it uh, just didn't work out for us, and they were far better, far superior on the day. And in 2007, then, um, it was revealed that you were one of the 15 players to be drafted onto the Galway senior hurling team. Talk to you about that. I mean, you must have been absolutely thrilled to get onto the senior team. Yeah, I was definitely. I remember in 2007, I would have started the All Ireland semi final, under 21 semi final against Cork, and I didn't start the final. Now I came on, all right. Um, and I was just, after the game, I was walking underneath the the Hogan stand down where the dress rooms are and I remember meeting Gerlach Nan, um, who was manager of the Galway at the time and he said to me look we'll be thinking of bringing you in next year we'll chat you over the winter and sure you know I was I was well surprised because I suppose I was only a well, sub yeah, and sub yeah. and kind of maybe yeah. on and off the team on the 21s team so it wasn't something I really expected that day mm-hmm. um, but yeah that was that was huge and I went in there in winter 2007 um, the following year then we were beaten by Cork in the qualifiers in 2008. I didn't make an appearance but I think I was number 18 or 19 on the panel and it wasn't bad going I suppose for a 19 year old at the time. Um, wasn't on the panel in 2009 and then from 2010 onwards I suppose the rest is history as you could say. Now you, you, you touched on it there, I mean you, you said that you, you've been a substitute f- um, for many games and I suppose when you weren't pick to, picked to start a game do you think the managers were right or wrong? 
in not in not letting you play, particularly in big games that you'd hoped had played for? Yeah, look at that. That happens, I suppose. Um, I think I said it before in an interview before the Christmas. There's in some particular um, instances, it's hard enough to uh, really break into a team at 19 years of age and to hold your position then right up to your 30s. You know, only the kind of very special players do it. The likes of Joe Canning would be one that would come to mind and, and even David Burke, another one. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, so for many years, I suppose, maybe up to about 2014, 2015, I was constantly on and off the team. Um, sure, look, as you always think... You should be playing, don't you? But look, as you have to be your biggest critic as well. And there would have been times over those years where I would have looked inside myself and see what I needed to improve. And like, I was never going to give it up. Do you know, if you have a dream of something, you stay at it, no matter what way it goes, no matter how many bumps in the road there are. Um, as we mentioned already, I came from a strong club. We were always extremely competitive and senior, had really good people around me. So look, at I just kept pushing forward on it. And uh, thankfully, it worked out in the end. Now, Joe Lucknan, as we know, is is one of the greats, and um, like I mean, when he when he joined the 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 Galway uh, senior hurling team, was there high expectations when he came on board? Yeah, I suppose there was, and I think uh, if I remember back at the time now in two thousand and seven when he did come, I think he brought a lot of the expectations upon himself. I think mm-hmm. he mentioned that he'd he'd deliver a, a Lee McCarthy to Galway within two years, so. Of course, with the way the media is, that was completely blown up and blown out of proportion. So, of course, it did, you know, bring a high expectation, um, something we hadn't done since 1988. So it was obviously, it was difficult enough and um, didn't work out from the time. They were very close against Kilkenny Wright, won his first year um, in a semi-final. Um, but look at, I definitely enjoyed Jar. I, I, he was very, he was very good to me. He I suppose I was young. I was really enthusiastic at the time. I wasn't going to question anything. I was looking to him for leading light, and uh, I would have uh, enjoyed him at the time. Um, and yeah, definitely, it gave me a start anyway. Now, I want to ask you about, we'll say, in terms of the training aspect of it. Um, from your own experience, is there pressure on senior players these days? Looking back now on your own career in a, as a hurler, has it become too intense now? Um, I suppose just fresh out of it and when you actually do when you're in the bubble it's it's all you know I suppose mm-hmm. um, and everything revolves around it having come out of it in the last I suppose 18 months you kind of wonder where where in the hell you got the time for it to be honest <laughs> between people say about teachers you know they go into the teaching because they're striving for inter-county success be it hurling or football which do you know it's a load of rubbish really yeah, and, like. can, and can you just talk to me about the training um you said you obviously didn't have a lot of time on your hands. So how many hours would you have been training a week? Yeah, so collectively with the team, you'd be, you'd be training up to five collectively um, a week. And those sessions, look, at they go on for two hours if you're training. It, mm-hmm. if, you've to, if training starts at 7.30, you're there at a quarter to seven. You know, and you don't get out of there maybe till 10 o'clock at night. And it's as simple as that. That's if you're really serious about it, if you're doing your extras or when you get a bit older, it takes a, a bit longer to get the body moving and, and warmed up. So that's the way it was. You're looking at three pitch sessions a week, one collective gym, um, and then your own gym that you're supposed to do. And outside of that, then you're you're trying to recover. And I even remember one of the first times I would have, or first years I would have started going out with my now fiance, Camilla. Um, I was living in Gart and she was living in Roscommon Town. And she used to come over to the house on Saturdays because usually we'd have a match or training on a Sunday. And 
Saturdays were spent from about 10 in the morning to 10 at night just on the couch yeah. watching sport. I don't know how she stuck it, but uh, look, at, I suppose I'll have to give the time back now, but um, I don't know how she stuck it at that particular time. But that was just the case. I wasn't able to do anything else. You hadn't really the energy. And when you got that bit of downtime at all, you were mad to take it. Now, uh, as you know, Limerick, of course, are undefeated champions for uh, the past couple of years. And um, I suppose in relation to Galway, your own county, do you think it, it'll be hard for Galway and other counties as well t- to beat him this year? I uh, sure look at, I suppose, in every generation or era, you have the standard bearers like where Clare would have been maybe in the 90s. You would have had Cork in the early 2000s along with Kilkenny and sure, Kilkenny most of the time, I suppose. But uh, Limerick are certainly there now. They have a lot of strength and depth. They seem to have a really good setup, and kind of when a team gets gets nicely settled and into their groove it can be hard to break that you know they've they've been through uh, a lot of really tight games now and they've come out on top uh, on numerous occasions so it can be hard to break it but look at with sport and with hurling in particular on any given day anything can happen and definitely with the condensed season as well you don't know where injuries will come um, and you don't know where teams will strike form and that could be if you could catch them in a quarter final or a semi final, I think is is your best hope, and there's no reason as to why Galway or others couldn't do it this year. Yeah, and I, that was actually going to bring me to my next question. I mean, what has Limerick got that no other team has of as of yet? Yeah, I suppose it's 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 definitely just the experience that they have built anyway is massive, um, and I think their strength and depth is something that has really helped them along the way. Even last year's All Ireland final and Munster final, bringing on the likes of David Reilly, bringing on your Cahill O'Neill. Drawn Boyle and all of them lads, you know, that that helps massively. Um, I even see this year now the likes of Keane Lynch to come back in, along with Peter Casey, guys that have, you know, man of the match in All-Ireland Finals, Hurlers of the Year, stuff like that. And that's a huge addition to any team. So look, at, they'll be the standard bears, they'll be the number ones going around with the targets and they're back again. Now that you're not on the pitch, I suppose, looking at the current team in Galway, um, we'll say, have they, have they come on a lot in recent years? Yeah, I think they have. Look at I was um lucky enough, I suppose, last year I was asked in by Henry just to do the hurls on um on match days, so I kinda got a little bit of an insight to what's going on in their just match days in particular. Uh I think they've definitely unearthed a few players, the likes of Thomas Monaghan now I thought was excellent last year, Jack Grealish from my own club, um and even Darren Morrissey, another cornerback from Sarsfields, they've seemed to really settle into the team, um and you'd be expecting them and they'd be expecting it themselves push on a good bit this year so look at they ran Limerick really close last year I think just maybe a few poor decisions within the game towards the end uh, towards the end of the match last year came against us and that happens too under the pressure but you know if they were in the same position this year I'm sure they'd react differently and I suppose before we move on to your teaching career um, I, I just thought of it there last night did, did you ever have an opportunity to play for GAA clubs we'll say in America or England in other, in other parts of the world yeah I was really lucky I suppose in 2010 I was brought out to Galway New York just on a 10 day really trip good, yeah. uh, but in 2014 I did my longest stint we were out there for about 6 weeks we got knocked out early in the qualifiers against Tipperary so a host of us went uh, Connor Cooney Ty Karen, Johnny Cohn uh, Brendan Bugler would have joined us a week after when Wexford knocked clear out of the championship Um we brought out Colin Ryan from Newmarket and Fergus for a weekend and we brought out Lee Chin as well, also came out for a weekend from Wexford. So we won that particular competition. It was Galway's centenary year out there. Um, 
I suppose when, when people think of America in those summers, they think lads are off in the booze and having the crack. And look, at that was the case on, on plenty of occasion as well. But it kind of meant a bit to me because dad would have played with Galway out there from, from 1966 to 77. So, you know, it was important when we did go out there that uh, we made our presence felt. And thankfully, we, we came through and won that championship that year. And that was a great summer. And you retired then in uh, December of 2021. I assume that was, you know, down to uh, injuries over the years as well. Yeah, that's it. Look, at, uh, I suppose in the last two or three years and kind of when you go over the age of 30 at all, I think you start to creak a little bit more. But it's all revealed now. <laughs> it's all revealed, yeah. But uh, yeah, look, at I have ongoing issues there with my right hip in particular. Yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, that was a big thing. And, and I suppose the fact as well, I was just moving on maybe to... Uh, different stage in your life as as you could uh, or transition or something like that so just I suppose when the real grow goes for it and you don't enjoy it as much as you used to you kind of know yourself nobody needs to tell you and it was a decision I made myself and I'd be happy with it and you're not still playing with Gart are you I would have played uh, with Gart up until last year but um, no that'll be the end of that now yeah. as well just look at it's hard to keep it going um well, actually, I suppose would you are you would you ever consider, we'll say, going into management with Garter or doing all that sort of role? Yeah, I suppose in time I would have done and been introduced to a small bit of it last year with the Christine senior hurlers, um, and hoping to do a bit again with them this year. Um, but that's it for now, I suppose. Really, if you're going to get really in depth involved with a team, you have to go back to your playing days, and you you have to give up those three or four nights a week again. You you have to give up your your weekends. You won't be doing the gym sessions, of course, but you'll be spending that time watching videos and, and trying to improve the team and study other teams. So, look, at maybe not as full on now for this year, but definitely in the next year or two is something I'd like to get into. So, your the teaching aspect of it now, um, had you always an interest in teaching? Yeah, I had. Look, at I suppose I'd be, and the lads would remark at home, I'd be a mad traveller anyway, just trying to get around uh, to different countries and cultures and always had a huge interest uh, in history along with my sister who's also a, a history and geography teacher so that was always there um, I was reading an article lately from Garo Tegarty anyone that I suppose goes into teaching because they're part of an inter-county setup you know what a miserable life it would be if you're not enjoying coming to work or, or talking about your subject with passion then you're not going to last the longevity of a teaching career it's, it's a long way to retirement age if so that's the way you're treating it so no definitely always had that um that interest and look at even outside of school I'd always be listening to podcasts and reading different books on on geography and history so it's just instilled within really so where where did you you study then for geography and history teacher yeah, so I would have done my first year in UCC in Cork, as I mentioned already, but uh, that was the year I was in with the Galway seniors, so I had no car at the time. I was fully enthusiastic, yes, as yes, I remarked already, yeah. so I was getting CityLink buses up and down from Cork once or twice a week, and we'd have to say the, the academic side was dwindling, there's no doubt about that. So restarted first year again in NUIG, so did my time there, um, and did my HDIP then, and, and PME through Hibernia College in Dublin, so through the GPA I was very fortunate to get a scholarship to do that um, did my first teaching post I think in Ballygar and Galway would have done bits in Flannans and Ennis Garbally College and Ballinasloe and would have got my first kind of most permanent job in Eden Derry in County Offaly um, I didn't really know where Eden Derry was at the time but I was happy enough to get a full time job so I was living in that loan at the time and I suppose that's the thing with teaching I mean we know teaching there's, it's a very hard job to get into we'll say for full-time teaching anyways um so i suppose wherever there's a job you have to travel yeah that was it and look at it was a full-time job and kind of just went in there off my own bat 
didn't really know what I was getting myself into and got the call that evening from the principal, uh, Jerry Connolly, who has passed away since, a lovely man from Mullingar. Um, did two or three years there and loved it. There was no hurling team, so I got involved with the Gaelic football team. We were actually beaten in a, an All-Ireland D final um, up in Carrick and Shannon, but had a great run. And it's just things like that. You build the relationships with the lads and even I've met a few of them since and even through Instagram and stuff like that. And it's a, it was a nice bond to make with guys you wouldn't have known of before. But um, yeah, kind of came to a bit of a crossroads, to be honest with you, Dara, uh, with the teaching because I was traveling so much at the time, living in Athlone, teaching in Edenderry, training in Clare Galway or Athenry, um, and just felt myself I wasn't given enough to the teaching, especially when I was only starting out in the first few initial years where you wouldn't, I suppose, know it all off the back of your hand, might you, like you might know a good bit of it now. Um, so I was very fortunate to get the job closer to home here um, in Tola. And have and actually, sorry, how long are you here in, in Tola? I'm here since, I'll never forget us, I suppose, coming in in August 2018, having been beaten by Limerick yeah. in the All-Ireland Final that time. So mm-hmm. I won't forget the year or the month, anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> so um, I suppose we, we, mentioned, we mentioned there about St. Joseph's, um, you were you you were you were you were um how do I say trainer or manager of the the, the Hearty Cup team back in uh, January of 2022 last year, I mean it was phenomenal achievement for St Joseph's. It was once in a lifetime opportunity because never uh, did St Joseph's ever get to that high stage. So Tola, we're very proud. So talk to me about the whole experience of that. You must have been delighted with the team. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Look at. Um I suppose from Terence and Tomas, they would have always been talking about the good group of lads that had come in in first year and having done transition year then, I suppose we were dealing with a lot of 18, 18 and a half year olds. So we knew we had guys of great strength that winter hurling would certainly suit. Um, so look, at we got huge backing from the school, huge backing from the local clubs. The lads themselves bought into it massively. Um, and we put in a huge effort that year. Didn't run smooth for us in the first game against De La Salle, but it was a kind of game... You know, we felt we should have won. The lads were massively disappointed, which for a management team was great to see. You want to see that. You know it meant so much to them. So we got back on the horse and sure, it all worked out for a finish. And no one will forget that that day in February in the Gaelic Rounds when we overcame Arts Yes. yes. Um, now, unfortunately, this year's team sadly didn't get to the Hearty Cup stage. But looking at next year's team, have you high hopes for them, hopefully? Yeah, absolutely. Look, at I think we'll, we'll always pursue a position yeah. now in, in the Hearty Cup competition. Um, it's great for the lads. They're open to high-quality hurling. If anything, it's going to improve them. It's going to improve their clubs in the local area. So why not? Um, yeah, the lads again put in a huge effort this year. But as we said in the dressing room afterwards, you know, it's a long time since yeah, a team yeah. has won back-to-back Hearty Cups, so they didn't let anyone down by, by any means and certainly they give a great account of themselves and we'll keep pushing for that every year because, you know, uh, our love for it won't die anyway. Well, listen, on that note, we'll have to leave it there. So, Aidan Hart, thank you very much for taking the time to, to be here to talk to us in Scarf Bay Community Radio. Pleasure, Dara.